Hey, this is Erin. And Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Carolyn O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Dream Bigger Digital LLC and the creator of The Stoked Approach, a one-on-one personal coaching and business mentorship for emerging female entrepreneurs and The Empowered Founder, a first-time founder and creative incubator. She's a business and personal development coaching company specifically geared toward empowering women to build, launch, and grow women-owned enterprises locally and globally. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you, Carolyn. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's our pleasure. And for anyone who's listening to this podcast, I just have to say I love your outfit. Head to toe, (laughs) super Pacific Northwest. Yes, I I, I got the memo before it got trendy. (laughs) (laughs) You probably started the trend. You're a trendsetter. Yes. yes. Yeah. She's the trending Northwest. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And she gets to be one of the first that is going to be featured in our publication in the trendsetters section of the website. So oh if you're listening to the podcast, keep your eyes peeled because this is going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You are such a powerhouse when it comes to serving women entrepreneurs. So could you give us some advice uh, for a brand new business owner? Oh, wow. That's great. Um, Just launch it right into it. Yeah. I mean, you're a trendsetter now, so. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome. I'm, I'm glad I brought my appropriate hat for the uh, trendsetting <laughs> conversation. Yeah, so uh, good advice is uh, women are really used to consuming a lot of information. So anybody can start a business with a $5 URL, um, a lot of podcast knowledge, and a lot of PDF downloads online. Um, they can research all the things. And when we consume as women, the difference is, is what are we going to do with the practical application of the information that we are consuming? So the ingestion is good, but what is that timeline? And what's that expiration date between thinking about it and then launching the damn deal? So um, my best advice is to understand what works best for you because there's so many different models out there, different approaches like the stoked approach. But it's about how do you leverage your assets and know what your deficits are and then really focusing on those gaps. So if you're launching a product or an idea or a service-based business, you probably have seen gaps in industries that you're working on already or industries that you've, even if you're shopping around, like most of the most brilliant ideas have come up because of the gaps. Just like, well, you know, there's a iPhone versus a regular phone. Apple was... And the inception of Apple was through IBM and he wanted to like change the ter- the paradigm and disrupt the, how people were searching information and using computers. The other cool thing, I love this story, is that uh, the founder of Bumble, which I can't remember her name, <laughs> um, but she has a unicorn company, which is a $1 billion company. She actually worked at Tinder and she went to the CEO and was like, hey, you know, this is like a lot of the men making the first move. Like, how, how do we promote women to do the same? So her simple idea and her message and her mission is women who make the first move. And then she started Bumble and the recipes for itself. So it's really about not listening to other folks and getting a guide who serves and speaks to your needs that you also can get down with. Um, not everybody's the expert, but it's really about who you can work with and work for the best. 
I like that you said women are consumers of knowledge and everything too, Mm -hmm. because I was just going through notes in my phone the other day and I had notes about business things that I had studied back in 2018 still Mm -hmm. on my phone. And I was like, these are still, some of them are still good. Why didn't I ever act on them? And so maybe that's one of the deficits that you talk about. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because if I have to hear another uh, woman's empowerment speech or something on a PDF, like know your worth, that almost implicitly implies that you don't know your worth, that women don't have any worth, that women struggle with their worth. And if we're reinforced with that idea constantly, well, we're going to adopt that idea just subconsciously. And one of the things that I love about working with women is that there's like this moment, this moment when they realize that they have all the power and control to make their own choices, but you really have to blow up these old ways of thinking and these old paradigms because here's the secret to life. Ooh, this is getting juicy already. (laughs) It's all made up. Yeah. Like the rules of business were built for and by men. And so women have been contorting and conforming themselves into this paradigm that they don't fit in. And so they think it's that they're not worthy enough. They have not experienced enough. They don't have enough time in the industry. But the thing is, is that... The, the pandemic has shown us we've had three different waves, right? We had the great resignation when the pandemic hit, and then we had the great resignation of CEOs. But the majority of the CEOs that resigned were men because when women came back into the, or it's not women, but when the people came back into the fields, these CEO men were like, oh my God, I got to have emotional intelligence. I got to have empathy. Like, that's not what I'm trained for. I'm trained to like, go above and beyond, turn a profit, which is good, right? It's not saying that's a bad thing. But the paradigm has shifted, and now we're in the third wave, which is this quiet quitting, where employees are basically saying, yo, I'm not ready to like trade time for money, and if I am, it's going to be from nine to five. You don't own me. And that's why mission-based businesses right now are so sought after. So if you're an employee and you're looking for work and you are, all right, just trading time for money, then people are okay with that. But it's the businesses, it's the CEOs and these incredible industries that sometimes are missing the mark because it's like, what are we offering outside of a paycheck and some insurance? And most employees are coming back because they've had that space to reflect. And they're like, I want to get down with a business that means something that if I'm going to spend eight, nine, 10 hours a day, I want to give back. And what is that giving back for? That's why I've been so blown away with all of the incredible organizations here in like Spokane, man, yeah. uh, like Trending Northwest, like Simba. There's a ton of them here that it's it's really mission-driven companies. And can we curse on this? Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah, We're an explicit podcast. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually give a shit, you know, and that, like the rubber meets the road and they put their money where their mouth is. And then it's not just lip service. And if the employees... There's a whole group of employees out there that want to work with these kind of industries and businesses. And, uh, yeah, we just have to be the the business owners that stand for something. Otherwise, we'll fall for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And in Spokane, we have such a strong network of businesses that are mission-driven. What are some others that you've noticed in the community and really admire? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um I got to give a shout out to Nicole Hansen at the Women's Business Center. Uh, she and Karen Campbell at, you know, the WBC and also SBA here, uh, SNAP in particular. When I heard about SNAP, um, and I actually used SNAP when I first moved here um, for the energy assistance thing. Mm-hmm. And 
it was really interesting because somebody told me, oh, like, why don't you just go to the SNAP place? And I was like, what's SNAP? And they're like, oh, they help people with energy assistance and housing, and it's for poor people, or no, it's for this. And then I talked to Nicole Hansen, and she tells me about the business center. All these extraordinary things. And then she recommends me talk to this person and this person. Then I hear about the library. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know why the people are not at the library all the time. Like, I, I basically am there, like, three days a week, booking at least – I don't know, five hours worth of meetings. It's wow. free. I have all of the, the necessary digital equipment to do meetings, uh, meet with clients. And it's just a community. And so one of the gaps that I saw in, in Spokane that I'm really interested in is like there's two sets of like businesses here. There's like the old guard. And then there's like this new, innovative, creative, bubbling, percolating, like – essence of these young people and i consider myself young and i won't give you my age but <laughs> <laughs> we consider ourselves young too yes we do yeah the but youths the youths we are yes. <laughs> and like and whether it's like a bipoc community a female community a queer community it's just instead of being so segregated it's a whole community right that is like has shared principles shared ideas and they want to elevate the way that we do business, the way we talk to one another, the way we do housing. And then there's this old guard that I don't know what they're doing. And it's okay because they're kind of like you see them from afar and you just want to wave to them in the distance and be like, <laughs> you know, happy trails to you. Because <laughs> we're coming up and the dust is like flying behind us. And as your dust is settling, old guard, we're going to come right behind you if, if, if you're not ready. And I know I think it's okay if they're not ready because – you know, that, that slow transition, although I think it's going to be quickly in the next five years, I see an incredible amount of pace here in Spokane. Yeah, we've seen so many new businesses just explode after the pandemic. I think a lot of people with that mission-driven notion have wanted to do something that makes a difference, and they're tired of working just a standard nine-to-five. So we've seen a lot of entrepreneurs take on, you know, projects that they've never done before. And I know that there are so many pitfalls that business owners fall into, especially as a brand new business owner. What is something you wish you would have done before starting your business? Well, I actually started my business as a digital marketing agency. I did that for three months and I was like, yeah, I can make a shit ton of money, but oh my God, I do not want to do this work. Um, it's exhausting. And I, I think probably what, <clears throat> for me, I, I've been doing strategy, business, advertising and sales and marketing for 25 years. And so when I went into my own business, I was really looking at like kind of the old guard way of doing things. Um and I wasn't really, I mean, I did all of my business within the digital space, but I wasn't a digital company, so to speak. And when you work for another company, you have a, an army of marketing, an army of sales, an army of staff. And I think the one thing I wish I would have known is to be way more gentle, way more flexible, and give yourself a lot of grace when it comes to learning. Because you don't know what you don't know. And you can't solve a problem that you don't think you have. So just keeping an open mind and being willing to to learn and fail is incredibly important. And something that kind of was born out of that question is something that I teach all of my everybody who will listen to me, including all of you on this podcast, <laughs> is uh, I, I call it DCMMA. And it's an acronym for Decide, Commit, and Take Messy Massive Action. <laughs> 
Meaning, we definitely okay. did that to get this started. Oh, we? for sure. Yeah, yes. it was challenging. <laughs> Messy yeah. and massive, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on massive. Totally. <laughs> and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, women traditionally suffer from perfectionism, which is like this, again, made-up standard that we've been contorting and conforming. We've, In order to just be at the table, right, we, we kind of have to do a little bit more. And one of the statistics that I love slash hate, which are most statistics in, in life, <laughs> is, you know, when, when men go to apply for a job, they will apply for a job that they're 60% qualified for, where mm-hmm. women will apply for jobs that are 100 or even like a overqualified for. So the DCMMA principle is literally just like, you don't know until you know, so keep an open mind. And life is messy. And, and make it your own, man, and have a lot of fun doing it. That's why the stoked approach is a lot of that concept, because it's about being stoked at the end of the day, being stoked about what you're doing and who you're helping. So speaking of messy, we all know that some businesses do make mistakes. Um, so what would you say are the three biggest mistakes that businesses are making in 2022? That's a great question. Uh, doing it perfect is definitely one of them. Um, being too stringent in your... Well, I'll rephrase that by not having a niche. Now that means not by having a client avatar niche. I'm, I'm now using quotation fingers <laughs> because it's not about serving everybody. It's about how you're serving them. Right. So when you have, when you're trying to hit everybody, you, you hit nobody and your message gets diluted. Um, I cut a lot of my, my people that I helped in half and I got really, really narrow and really, really focused. And what that did is actually uh, excelled my business almost by 60%, not only in revenue, but also in incoming uh, sales acquisitions. Because then I'm not diluting the message. I can get super focused. And guess what? That gets to be a choice. And I guess the third one would be, um, what was the question again? Top three mistakes that businesses are making. Right. Mistakes. Yeah. Oh. I say the the biggest one is by not, oh, not redefining your mission. Mm. And so if if you've been in business over 10 years and you haven't like looked at your mission with the world that has changed, it, it, it's a problem because you're not connecting with your employees. You're not in co- connecting with the people and you're also not connect, connecting back to the work. And so I think a mission should be readjusted or looked at at least every three years because as the world changes, I think, you know, not that we want to adapt to the what the people want, because to be innovative, you kind of have to disrupt and stand in your own two feet. But, man, you got to reconnect with what you're doing. That is really solid advice, especially because in the last 10 years, we've seen such huge shifts in culture, mm. um, especially with you know, inclusion and diversity being something that's on the forefront of modern business people's minds. And if it's not something you're thinking about, that is definitely an area that you can prioritize. How are you making your business as approachable for all people and accessible for people of every different background and ability? Um, You have done so much work getting established here locally. What are some businesses that you really admire in the region on a macro scale that are doing big, really amazing, impressive work? Well, uh, I think measure is, is one. Is it measurement? Is it measure? They, they're a B Corp. They, they, they're the corporation that yeah. <laughs> certifies B Corps. They educated me on what the hell a B Corp was because I was uninformed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they do incredible work because just 
tying in these other companies that want to be innovative and want to kind of give back in their own way and be reasonable, sustainable, and responsible, they are a tremendous outlet, right, to get that education. Because here's the thing, when you don't know something, it's really intimidating to go up and be like, hi, we want to do this. We really think that we should know how to do this, but we don't. We don't know how to say that we don't. So can you help? Like, nobody wants to say that. Mm-hmm. But they they – uh, provide an incredible safe space and some gorgeous people that work there. Uh, another one, obviously, is Simba. And uh, I've had the the pleasure and honor of working with Mariah McKay for pretty closely the last few months. And the, the lovely thing about it is that uh, I just sat down with the, their board recently, too, and they are, like, where the rubber meets the road. Um, they have a, an incredible impact. And, I mean, not to toot your guys' horn, but... I think trending Northwest is kind of a big deal. Okay. We happen to agree. <laughs> it's a pretty fantastic place to work. My coworker is pretty great. Yeah. I have to say. Same. I mean, I don't know. I'm on the fence about my coworker. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. She's That's wonderful. just the toe injury talking, Melissa. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I, mean, I don't know it extraordinarily well, but what I've, you know, heard, seen, and, and not only online, but in our conversations, you, you really take ownership over that, like, Instead of asking for permission, you're taking the position. And that's the gaps that I'm talking about, you know, in the beginning of the podcast. Like you saw an incredible gap and you're like, why isn't this here? And then you went ahead and filled it. I mean, that's that's the gorgeousness of small business ownership. Um, and you get to be as big, as small as you want to be. And that's that, that is a choice. Yeah, and I love that. You always say, that is a choice you made, Erin. It is a choice. And yeah. usually now it's we made. We yeah. made that choice, <laughs> that and now choice. we're in it together. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I have to say, you know, as new business owners in this partnership that we have, it has been a lot of education of, you know, you don't anticipate something being a problem, and all of a sudden it is. And then you go, oh, shoot, we need to address that. We need some standard operating procedures so this doesn't happen again, you know, with employees that go rogue or, you know, mistakes that happen that you didn't even have a part of, that you didn't even see coming. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of, you know, OJT that has been over the top, challenging. But when you're in it for the right reasons and you do have that mission-centric viewpoint, it makes it easy because the problem-solving serves your mission. Yeah. So you want to do that. You want to take the extra time to make sure that it is accurate and cohesive and that you're moving forward with intention. You know, you actually bring up a good point because you had asked me that question about what should businesses, um, I know what they're doing wrong, but here's something that to, to have before you start your business and that is literally understanding what your infrastructure is, your processes, and your systems. Mm. It sounds really remedial, but if you have the right infrastructure in your company to support your business growth, because at the end of the day, you want to build this thing to essentially help you grow as an individual and as a person, as a business owner. But it's like owning a business is almost like having a kid. I don't have kids. I just had a dog for like 14 years. (laughs) But, you know, in the beginning, like you feed it, you bathe it, you put it to bed. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in an early entrepreneurial stage, you're doing all the things all the time. And so you have to be there. But without the right infrastructure, processes, and systems, you know, you're going to be that entrepreneur that's going to get burnt out over time. And so by creating the right infrastructure, you know, what are your processes and systems to allow you to – free up time for creativity and innovation because innovation and creativity dies when we're in overwhelm and overwork. So 
I wanted to address that. It's funny that you equate businesses as being like kind of like newborns because I've said that to her a million times. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're still like at the newborn phase mm-hmm. where you have to be up with it all the time, you totally. know? And it's like we're getting to the walking phase, which is super exciting, but also scary because now it's walking and you're like, oh no, where's it going? Stop, don't touch that. It's <laughs> don't, hot. Don't yeah. put that in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and then and then there's yeah. like a you almost have to trust the business, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's I think the 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 very fine line where you get to this point where you start hiring staff, you start, you know, letting these infrastructures walk on their own mm-hmm. and go to school on their own. Yes. And then, you know, it, it is an awkward position as a new entrepreneur because you're like, can this business thrive without me? And mm-hmm. most entrepreneurs think no, mm-hmm. but we want to build it to a place where uh, I mean, depending on your situation, but you, you want to build to be like, I want to walk away and have a month vacation. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. Well, that's when they're 18, right? And then, or 16, you're like, yeah. here's the keys. Latchkey kid now. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> Please don't set the house on fire. Uh, but really, really don't. <laughs> so it sounds like you kind of, you own three businesses, right? So you have the Dream Big, Bigger Digital, Stoked Approach, and then the Empowered Founder. Yeah. So it's one company, which is Dream Bigger Digital. Okay. And then the Stoked Approach is uh, a program that I have for. First time female founders and creatives just getting in the game. It's a lot of the foundational stuff, a ton of mindset stuff, uh, for lack of a better word. And then the empowered founder is really for that next level CEO founder that's looking to scale past $100,000 a year. And then what I don't really have on my website is the one-on-one business consulting that I do. Um, And I've picked it up more so here because I get to choose who I want to work with. And um, so... With that, it takes a lot more time, but at the same time, the the stoked approach is great. I'm building that again because it's just over my four years in business, I know exactly the questions I'm going to get asked and and what those pertinent details are to start the business and grow it. So that's kind of my scalable program. In addition, I want to create a community of women internationally where, you know, they can all see each other grow at the same time time because I really think the only way that you empower, again, air quotes, <laughs> women is through other women. They yes. have to see other women doing the damn deal so they can have the confidence to be like, oh, well, she could do it. Why the hell can't I? Right? So That's crazy oh. that you mentioned that because I never would have dreamed of starting my own company if it hadn't been for, gosh, and I can't remember the name. I think it was Ms. Single Mama, MS Single Mama. Um, she was a single mom. Now, I think she lives in Columbus, Ohio. She created her own digital marketing company called, and I haven't even told you this, mm-hmm. um, Cement Marketing. And it was such a phenomenal organization. And I looked at that and went, damn, if she can do that, then so can I. And I always just had that in the back of my mind. As a single parent, I wanted to try to take that on. And when the kids were super little, it was it was too much. But the older that they got, the more that I felt like, yeah, I can actually try this. And so I started my own tiny, tiny, tiny business. And through that entrepreneurial journey, I've been able to see a little bigger. Every year, I I can reach a little further and go a little higher. And yeah, that's what's been able to create the success that we've had here. Yeah. So if someone is listening and they think that they would be the perfect person to work with you, where can they find you? And is there anything that you would want them to know ahead of time before they reach out to you? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, I think the the biggest key is just to go to my website, which is dreambiggerdigital.com. Uh, you can set up a, a time to meet with me if you're interested in the stoked approach. There's an application page on the website. Um, you know, I'm not a good fit for everyone but I'm the right fit for some people. And, um, you know, I, I do kind of discriminate 
discriminate on who I work with because I want to make sure that they are successful at the end. So, you know, as long as we are a good fit, um, then we move forward and the application page is that first step. Awesome. And we'll leave those in the show notes too. So everyone can go over and click over. So if you're listening to this while you're driving, don't pull over. You will have it in the show notes when you get home. Safe and sound. Yeah. Just relax. Do not be on your phone in the car. Okay. Okay. We want you to be safe. Um, so now we get to go to the part of the program that is the most fun. And that is the fast five. We ask you five questions. You just give your first knee jerk response to, you can explain a little bit, but you know, just. Be authentic. Be yourself. I know that's easy for you, so we are going to make that happen. So what is your favorite shop in Spokane to go to and buy anything? It could be anything. Clothes, food, whatever. um, I know I have one. It is – what do I go to every day? Oh, I know. It's the soup. And spirits place. Oh, soulful soup and spirits. Mm. That's got such a good vibe, and the owner is lovely. Yeah, I love the fall, and so whenever the fall kicks in, and I saw it or went there last year for the first time, and it is just like my fall kickoff. It gets me all stoked for snowboarding season. (laughs) (laughs) That bread and salad and soup. I love their bread. Yeah, it's like a warm hug. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking up to see if when they close. Oh, 8 p.m. Yes. Yeah. yeah you awesome. get to get soup. I get to get soup. You get to hobble with Peggy and get soup. <laughs> and it's like just the right oh, amount, too. Like you don't walk away like totally full. You're like, I am super satisfied and I just got a hug. Yeah. Yes. the best. Not DoorDash. Treehouse. What was I thinking? Oh Obviously, my gosh. Treehouse. How dare you, Melissa? We I, love I Treehouse Deliveries. It's a locally owned <laughs> delivery company that if you haven't checked out, it's phenomenal. And they specialize in helping you to find easily locally owned restaurants that are chef driven and absolutely fantastic. So check out Treehouse Deliveries. Okay. I'll check them out. Yeah. I, it's the first time I've heard of it. Because again, I've only been here for two years oh, and every time right. <laughs> I, I talk to you, I swear I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this? <laughs> Who is that? that? Where is that? I don't know. I just, it, one of the lovely things about being uh, new is that I don't really have an opinion on anything. And oh, so that, that yeah. open mind has been super helpful because, yeah, it, I remember a couple of people, old guard, told mm-hmm. me, oh, yeah, it's really hard for, you know, people to start doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What is, what would you say is your favorite business podcast? Oh, by far, Eleanor Beaton, Power Presence and Position. Um, I hired her as my coach and uh, she just, she articulates and synthesizes information when it comes to like female entrepreneurship. Her mission is to scale women past seven figures. Like she's a complete badass. Oh, what's Eleanor? Beaton. Beaton. B-E-A-T-O-N, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to look her up. And also, oh, I found it. We'll put her in the show notes, too. Sweet. Thank you for that. Because I want to listen, too. Me, too. Um, So speaking to a fellow snow nerd, I do love me some great snow. I ski, though. Good. One of those people. It's just sliding sideways, man. Right? Sliding down the hill. It's all good. So what is your dream place to snowboard in the Northwest? Well, I've been lucky enough uh, in my youths. Um, I was out in Seattle and I had my nonprofit out there, um, Mammoth Fest. And so it was a big ski snowboard music festival um, on snow. And then I worked for K2 and ride snowboards for a little bit. So I've been to Kicking Horse and Whistler and I don't know, 17 other places than the continental U.S. But my favorite place is, so I had to say the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, it's in Canada, but it's Ooh, in the Northwest. That counts. That counts. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kicking horse. Oh, um, yeah. But I, I have to that. give a shout out to 49 North. Like I've been to a lot of mountains and it's it's such a just chill place. 
and it's not vibey. And that was like when I was 20. It's like, what are you rocking? You got the steez on? Like, oh, you got a two-year-old snowboard. You're dumb. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, we're good kids. We're, we're good. Just relax. We're just going to slide sideways and be rad. Have you been to Lookout yet? Yes. Yes. Lookout. Being a Montana native, I uh, I usually hit that up every time I, I head back to that side um, for the for the winter. Speaking of chill, it's like the ultimate chill. It Although is. they've doubled their terrain park this year, oh. which is very exciting. Melissa's like, ooh, I'm so happy oh, for I'm you. So I, hate oh, I hate snow. I hate snow. I'm not allowed to go in terrain parks anymore because I, oh. I was a competitive snowboarder in my youths, and uh, that's when I, I had those concussions and broken board yeah. bones. Oh. Probably but, bored too, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, go big or go home, and I just went home a lot. Oh. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. If there is, was one famous person you could meet, alive or dead, who would you want to meet? Uh, Janine Rankin, which I believe yeah. is the first female state senator for the state of Montana. Wow, wow. Jeanette Rankin. Jeanette, yeah. is she still alive? I wonder no, no, if she's, she's related. Old. She's to... waited. Oh. oh my gosh, I wonder if she's related to my dear friend in Post Falls, Carrie Rankin Thorson. That sure. is my – because she had someone in her family. I think that might be her. Anyway, Ooh. I'm going to ask Carrie. That's very cool. And you might want to yeah. fact check that because, again, names right, not so right. good with. But I think it's <laughs> whoever that first uh, senator, female senator in the United States Congress came from Montana. Oh, that wow. That's awesome. I think it's Jeanette Rakin. Yeah, because Carrie – oh, look at that. We're checking um, Of Montana became the first woman. Yeah. yeah. I have to click on it to House of Representatives. House of Representatives, yeah. What is your favorite holiday memory or thing to do here in the Northwest? Gosh. uh, Well, (laughs) this is super nerdy. No. But um, so every preseason when the snow falls, I have a snowboarding tuning party. And – Back in the day, it was, you know, in Seattle, Washington with all my snowboarding ski friends. Uh, but now it's just a, a group of women that want to slide sideways or down the hill. And <laughs> I just get a bunch of women together and I teach them how to like tune a snowboard and wax a snowboard. And we get like all the inventory of our gear out. And then I usually just give a bunch of my stuff out because I have 16 of everything. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's just about getting women stoked and creating that community on, on the snow. That's awesome. Is it a stoked approach? Oh, it, everything I do is a stoked approach. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Carolyn. And before we leave, we have to send a shout out to a very special lady, don't we, Melissa? A special lady in our lives. Yes, that we love so much. So one of our biggest fans is our podcast producer's mom. Cindy, we are so grateful that you have listened to every single podcast. You are an absolute treasure and your son is as well. Yes, Cindy, we love you, Cindy. 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 <laughs> Can't wait to meet you one day, Cindy. Yeah, we need to have Cindy as a guest. Yeah, guest. Have her Cindy. tell us all of your secrets. 